You are recording me with my consent. That is accurate. Hum. <laughs> you sounded like a Muppet there, Steve. That was incredible. Hi, everyone. I'm Ryan. And That's Steve. I'm Steve, and this is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. podcast. And it's also a video, too. I mean, most of you are watching video cast. the video. A bit, audio, about video. two or 3,000 of you listen to the audio. So that's cool. Ryan? <laughs> yes. Do you know what's better than mm, to uh, see your enemies driven before you and hear the lamentations of their women? That, too. Hmm. Or is that that's what's best? That's what's best. Yeah, what's best? Yeah. Do you know what's better, Ryan? What's better than buying a? Oh, maybe the did the price go up on this? Were you ready for this for what the show, Steve? Were you ready to do a show? I thought I was, but apparently this thing we're about to talk about the price changed. Okay, details have changed. Can you can you deal with that on the fly? Uh, we're going to have to. Huh? All right. Okay. Here we go. Tell us what we're looking at here, Steve. This is a Chapman Ghost Fret Pro 2019 in Lunar. Mm-hmm. Chapman Guitars Ghost Fret Pro in Lunar. As you can see, this guitar needs assembly. It was taken apart uh, for a new paint job, but never got that far. All parts are included as photographed. There are things about this I don't understand. There are a number of things. Who's One, selling this? Chapman Guitars. The Chapman Guitars, the, the company that made it, is selling it. Yes. What? Uh, Chapman is selling disassembled guitars of their own guitars. Well, that's kind of like... I mean, that's like a guitar fetish thing to do. Is it? Does... Like, well, they sell they sell parts and stuff. Yeah, but if you went to Guitar Fetish, would you be like, I want the Xavier X XJ six twenty, but I want it dismantled. I, I I'm just gonna come like come clear and say like a lot of people know things about Chapman guitars and mm -hmm. seem to have a lot of interest in them and a lot of interest in Rob Chapman as a person and things like that. I I don't I don't know. And I feel like it's a very European thing. Like it's like a very European brand or a lot, or maybe it's more just this, like a metal thing. Like, mm -hmm. like metal people are up on the brand and stuff like that. I don't know if this is normal or abnormal for them to sell an unfinished guitar. Cause like, if like, you know, if looking at through the lens, like we have guitar fetish that sells unfinished guitar pieces, uh, maybe that's something that Chapman does, but I'm assuming by your reaction that it's not. Well, let's find out. I, I think I can find this ad on, on the reverb. On reverb. I mean, it looks like an attractive project starter. It's got it's it's set up for. It's listed as a hardtail strap bridge. It's listed as non-functioning. The price, maybe you know, I don't. I'm not sure who sent us this, but the price has been dropped from one thousand ten dollars and fifty nine cents to nine hundred and forty two. How much does this go, guitar go for assembled? This guitar, and so this is where I was. Because I was like, also the impression that Chapman's were like in the five hundred to eight hundred dollar range. I mean, I, like I said, I don't, I, I know so little about the brand. It's, it's really not my flavor, so I don't Chapman track them. Has twenty six listings. I don't know how the any of these prices compare to their new because it some of them are listed as B stock, others aren't. It looks like this is the only one listed as non-functioning. What are the normal price ranges? Like, what's the, what's the normal price for this this style model? So this model, I think maybe where there's some confusion is this is a Ghost Fret Pro. The current manufacturer Ghost Fret Pro is at, uh, in fact, in this color even, uh, which is called Lunar. It's out of stock. But when it was in stock at Guitar Center, it was $1,150. Here's one on Reverb right now for $750. Assembled. Right. So that's the thing is, as a, in this color. as a used guitar, these guitars are often going in kind of the six dollars to $800 range. So one of the big questions is, like, 
This is here's one for eight fifty. Yeah, assemble on reverb. Assemble. Yes, all of them are assembled. assembled. Every every single one that I'm looking at right now is assembled. Is you know this in the Avengers of guitars? Yeah. This assembled. Um, one of the things that I find interesting is that they took this guitar apart for refinish, but then they never refinished it. I don't have a problem with that, and I don't even have a problem with the fact that. Like this is, uh, again, I just, the used market on this is like we said about six to 800, maybe 650 to 850, something like that. This is now $950 disassembled at the Chapman shop. I, I assume they have a shop. Correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe they don't have a shop. What is going on here? If I even, I would even say that I'm going to put this out there. Yeah. All of the missing parts here, I if I was in a, what I think of as a guitar shop, I could assemble this guitar. I guess you have to do. It a has small... the pickups, the pots, the switches. It, it needs has the everything. It, no, it needs the tuners. Are the tuners included? Yes. Okay. They are. All right. Uh, the tuners are, I mean, this is a, this is a day project. You're going to spend your Saturday putting this guitar together. Is there not a picture of the tuners? I don't see the tuners. It in says the all parts are included. Okay. So the tuners how how long do you think this would take? It's a Saturday project. You know, I think like you're gonna, you're not gonna. It's not gonna take all Saturday to put it together unless you run to an issue. Um, but uh, you know, you're gonna put it together and then you're gonna spend the rest of the day playing it. You know, sure, and setting sure. it up and I th- things like I that. I think you could have this assembled and put it back on reverb and justify nine hundred and forty two dollars. Uh, assemble. I think you could with like start. An, with you, like, I think you could start there, but there's there's guitars on there for eight fifty. Sure, sure. But you're the official store, so I don't know. Right, right, right. Um, my issue is again, this is uh, was listed for a thousand dollars, completely disassembled. When you could have bought a brand new one for an extra hundred and fifty bucks, that's fully assembled. The fully assembled ones are twelve fifty. They're eleven fifty. Eleven fifty. Okay. It's late at night, guys. I don't I know. We're having, it's 11.50. Yeah. It's not 11.50 um, at night, but we, we both had full days. Uh, our brains are a little bit fried. Um, I don't understand I don't understand what Chapman's doing here. Like, I would, I would understand this selling it disassembled for 800 compared to the new pricing. But you know what? We didn't feel like putting it back together. You you can save some, even you can save some money by doing the work yourself even and we'll we'll knock off uh, hundred and fifty bucks of what it should be even on the used market eight hundred because this is in for a refin that means it's not new it's used it's from two thousand nineteen it's not actually indicated that it is in for a refin it just oh. says it was taken apart for a new paint job so maybe they had this in their shop already like this is a floor model or whatever it's and, used. And they said they oh, might not have ever sold it, but it's used. Yeah, Come on. maybe they want to. Yeah, it's three years old. Maybe they wanted to test a new finish, so they took the thing apart, and then they just said, "Ah, you know, who knows?" It's like a, it's a project is. that they never got back to. Exactly, that's what it is. It's a yeah. project they never got back to, and someone in the office is in charge of making space in the in the area where everything piles up. That yeah, the project. No, that, that's exactly what this is, and so that goes back to like you said, like, well, you know, if you want to do this, it's like. It's like a half a Saturday or whatever, right? Like, yeah. I think if I had the tools that I would expect to find in a shop like this, which is really just an electric screwdriver, yeah, and a working soldering iron, and mm, what is that? What are those little wrenches called? Oh, uh, like rocket wrenches? Rocket? Some rocket? Rocket wrenches? sockets? Rocket sockets? Rocket sockets? Yeah. I could have this entire guitar in, in playing order in under an hour. Sure, sure. Yeah, let's say two hours. So two hours. So you're telling me like you're going to pass on two hours of work to somebody else and you're a guitar shop. Like you're a guitar manufacturer. Right. To, to me, like you compare to GFS. You, but- draw, you, sh- you should take this and you should drop it off on the, the workbench of who's ever got workbenches and just like, hey, put this one together. No, we need exactly. To list it. Exactly. Just assemble it. We need to list it. You compare to GFS. GFS is known for selling parts. You can, right. you know, when you buy uh, a GFS branded, like an Xavier or whatever, it's probably going to have the same GFS slash Artec pickups that GFS sells, right? And that's fine. Like, that's whatever. Like, to me, that's not any different than you go to Fender.com and you buy some pickups from Fender.com. But what's happening here is imagine you go and you say, I want a Mexican Stratocaster. Oh, they're how much is a Mexican Stratocaster now? <laughs> like eleven hundred dollars, seven hundred, nine hundred bucks, whatever, nine hundred bucks. And they go, oh well, 
Here's your Mexican. Oh, Stratocaster is like not a good example because it's got a trim. So t- we'll make it a Telecaster. Simplify it a little for you. Where's the story going, Steve? Can you imagine the outrage that would that would exist if you went up to like Fender.com or right. Fender's, maybe if Fender had a reverb store and it was like, you could buy a brand new Telecaster from Fender for $1,200 or you could buy one that's completely disassembled uh, or, or, or only the neck is attached, nothing else. Right. And it was $900, like $1,000. People would be livid they'd be like this is stupid some people would some people would take them up on some people would take them up on it but i can save a hundred dollars and all i have to do is half a day's of work but i think the vast majority of people would be like you have a guitar factory right across like the street or whatever here's the thing here's the thing they 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 built these made in korea Korea. these are made in korea but they should have someone who can do a setup and, and can do an assembly. Yeah. If yeah. Rob Chapman can't do an assembly himself, like what are we? What is what is even going on here? Like he should be able to throw this together himself. Um, should he? You think he should? Yeah. Either of us could, and we're idiots. Uh, there's yeah. That's why we can do it because we're idiots who taught ourselves how to do it. Right. Right. He, maybe he was smart. smart enough to realize I'm just going to keep paying someone else. Smart people delegate, and we definitely don't delegate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though we probably should with a lot of this stuff, um, think about how many more videos you could make every month, Ryan. If you de- if you delegated editing, yeah, then I'd make I do make twice as much videos and make the same amount of money because <laughs> I'd have to pay someone. But you'd grow the channel. <laughs> Would I though? I don't know. And I'd run out of ideas. Uh, yeah, this is a, this is a really weird move. I'm gonna assume that what's going on is this is someone in the company who is in charge of clearing out a cluttered space and they don't necessarily know guitar pricing. They looked this up. They looked at the model like, Oh, this lists for this much. I'll knock a hundred dollars off because you know, they they said they, the the person who was in charge of the pile said that all that has to be done is it has to be put together. So let's see what happens. And now it's $200. Now it's it's $200. You know who we need to figure out what's going on here? I, I'm afraid. Who? KDH. Oh, no. He can solve this for us. No, he, K- KDH does not need another Rob Chapman video. <laughs> like, he's gone to that well too many times. What? Sorry. Didn't he only go once? He's Did been, he go twice? No, he's, he's done... He's Three I times he's, a lady? I think he's gone twice and done follow-ups on each... I don't know. He goes to that well a lot. He goes to it plenty. This is not enough for that. Come on. <laughs> I have to be honest. I'm a little bit exhausted by KDH. Oh, I'm not, I don't even know what he does. <laughs> maybe if you stop, maybe if you unsubscribe from his channel, Ryan, you want to see his videos. Okay, I'm not. I'm exhausted by the. Here's the thing. I'm going to rant on KDH a little bit. You're going to lose so many subs. He right started now. off pretty rough, and he's grown into being a valid channel. Like uh, by all sorts of measurements, I have, I, I'm, I'm glad that he exists, but the first video he did on Glenn was uh, embarrassing. Like he didn't, he had no idea what he was talking about. No idea. And he started out with this very strong kind of like energy. Like I'm going to go after so many guitar YouTubers and I'm going to expose them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was like, I, I understand going after Chapman. I do. I don't care. But when he went after Glenn, it was like, this is really weird. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the thing, the things that you're upset about are really strange to me. And a lot of the information that he had or that he was assuming was fanciful. Mm-hmm. And I just had a really bad first impression with him. And then when I see people, Go like, oh, well, it's a good thing we have KDH to keep everyone honest. It's like, ah, it brings back those old cringy feelings. Where it's like, he didn't, he really didn't know anything and didn't know what he was talking about in, in that, the early couple of videos. It's, There's a video know. from 10 days ago called Chapman are doing it again. Yeah, he doesn't need to go back to that well. Maybe it's about this guitar. Is it about this guitar? <laughs> Uh, I don't know, but it does have a link. I mean, I I have to be honest. I feel a little bit sad for KDH because he grew incredibly fast, which is the dream. 
for any guitar channel to be able to grow that fast mm -hmm. and be able to monetize your channel that fast. It took us years to yeah. achieve what he did in a, in a couple months. It's the, it's the reality of it. And people are going to say, oh, you're, you're jealous, right? No, I'm, I'm happy for him that he was able to do that. And he's able to do guitar content viably, as viably as, as he is. I don't I don't know, you know, what's going on. Uh, well, he but, did do a sponsor spot for Raid Shadow Legends. Did he really? I, I mean, unless I'm just imagining that. Right. Um. <laughs> and I think he pointed out the fact that, like, he, I think in the, his Glenn video, okay. he called out Glenn. He's like, yeah, I'm doing it because, you know what? I'm making enough of these videos that like I gotta support myself. Yeah, it, you know, and I think he said from the beginning he doesn't. He is about you know disclosure and stuff. He doesn't. It's it's fine for people to make money. Like I I know that he has that stance. Um, I feel bad for him because the success that he had with like the Chapman video and the Stevie T video, and mm -hmm. I think there was a couple others. He's gonna be he's he's going to be chasing that dragon for a long time. Like I feel bad for channels that have videos that r really, really hit and really blow up. And then they do regular content and it never quite hits that. Like that. He, that he's, he's hitting some good me. No, he's getting good numbers. Guitar headstock tier list. I never would have thought of that. That's a, that's no, a pretty good. No, he does. He does 52,000 view video. No, right? When are you going to make a 52,000? I don't do video? meme content like that. No, I don't do lists. Have you thought about it? I, yeah, but I, I don't enjoy doing it. So I don't do it. I don't do like, you know, like I do clickbait, but not that kind of clickbait. You know, he's done. It's a just few, not, I'm not down on it. It's just not my style. Yeah, he's done a few that are just expensive. They're like rig rundowns downs of people who have expensive guitar rigs. Right. Apparently, Dave Mustaine has a forty-three thousand dollars guitar rig. I mean, he's he's doing the dance. He's there's had, some there's some cool stuff. I mean, here. he's he's probably a year or two away from playing Forbidden Riffs in a guitar center. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I don't want to talk about KDH anymore. I didn't want to talk about him in the first place, and then I did most of the talking. I so know you tricked me into it. I <laughs> gotcha, bitch. It's your fault, Steve. Now people are gonna be angry at me because they're gonna think I'm dissing on him. But like, I don't know. I have feelings. I have feelings about it, you know, the way he started out and kind of the connotations, you know. So this, uh, this, this guitar, it's just, I don't know. The, when it was sent to me, again, I looked at the other, the other, the rest of the used market, basically. Right, right. And it was like seven hundred, six $650, $750, $1,000 in pieces. If you... If you were the if one... If it was signed by Rob, like maybe if it was signed by Rob Chapman and I was a fan... Like, I'm a, a, a like if he's like got a, the time to sign it, he's got the time to put it together, baby. <laughs> yeah, I say, baby. If you can sign it, you can build it. Not even building, right? Is assembly. Is it's assembly. a half a Saturday project for a uh, like a doofus like you or me. Yeah, this is an hour long project for someone with a guitar desk set up. Right? Sure. Here. Sure. With a workbench set set up. Right. I mean, oh, all I have to do is assemble this thing. Like. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the other side of the, and then like like do a setup on it. You know, as I said, it's a, it's like an hour, two hour project for me, like a two hour, maybe four hour project. The reality is, this is a six month project for me because my garage is still a mess. Well, first you have to have the motivation to do it. You know, <laughs> I mean, I could get all the tools and build this in the living room. But. If if you were in charge of listing this. Four Chapman guitars. They're like, hey, Steve, we need you to clear out $600. this $600. Let's, let's move it. I I still feel like 750 is a good place to start, and 600 is the point where people would buy it. You at least have to be in the range of the market that you're selling in, which is like, right. this is on reverb. It's a project. You, you got to sell this in the price range of other I mean, here's the thing. guitars on reverb. Here's the thing. When Tell you, me what the thing When is, you right buy now. a guitar that's assembled... Mm -hmm. It means that there was at least an opportunity for someone to do QC on the setup. Wow. You're buying this. Well, this used to be assembled. Yeah, but how long ago was that? 2019. <laughs> what weather has it encountered? Has well, it had boxes stacked on it in this you know hypothetical storage closet? It's in it's in England, so the weather right. ranges from about you know. Four, so it's sopping wet. <laughs> you know, it's uh, <laughs> ranges from about uh, five Celsius. In the winter to about uh, 35 Celsius in the summer. Which is apparently really hot or something. Yeah. I have no idea. Well, human body temperature is 37. 
So 35 is actually low. It might actually that's get to That's still 40. pretty warm. That's still warm. That's warm. I'm assuming that's warm. Um, 40 is like over 100. Yeah. Our body temperature, because we're Americans, is 98.6 degrees. Yeah. So when we have a hundred hundred degree day, when I have a hundred dollar day, it's a pretty good day. When I have a hundred degree day, Jeez. it's pretty hot and sticky. Like if you're if you're getting above body temperature, I know what you're dealing with. And but approaching body temperature is like you know it's it can get uncomfortable. Sure. You want to talk about this other topic? Do do did the I know that the the UK had like record highs this past summer. Yeah. Did they get over body temperature? Yeah, they did. Okay, just want to yeah. just. I had a moment where I was like, "Were they complaining and their temperatures never got above body temperature?" No, I'm pretty sure they were like in the okay. hundreds. Okay, good. All right. Uh, this topic was sent by Elliot. Uh, this is a fun one. Tadanier. Um, I have a screen grab. I'm gonna pull it up. Oh, you have a screen grab. Well, yeah. I have it right here. Are you interested in? I'm gonna kind of like jump from the front to the end. He says, "Are you interested?" In discovering new artists or listening to slash playing music it, or is listening to and playing music mostly a nostalgic activity. Um, then he kind of says, like, what qualities do you look for in a new band or artist? Like, how do you and how do you find them? Um, and then I think the thing that he says is interesting is gear culture has become, he argues, gear culture has become a scene in its own way. Mm -hmm. Geography is less of an influencing factor in terms of music scenes, particularly post-pandemic. And now we're seeing kind of digital scenes. Mm -hmm. uh, one recent example. That should be the, the magazine. Digital, digital scene. scene uh, it was in print from 1986 to 2004. And, and then the example given is of Madison Cunningham, who mm. uh, he argues, and I would agree, like most people probably had never heard of her. But JHS, someone at JHS knew her and got in contact and made the signature pedal. And now there's lots of guitarists who otherwise never would have heard of her who are now like big fans yeah I and mean, we talked about that last week like if you want to like music mm -hmm. industry folks if you want to reach a enthusiastic oh. audience musician niches mm -hmm. like market to musicians market your musician to musicians and be like hey here's their gear and they're like oh they're using that well i want to hear them you know and you'll get lifelong fans out of musicians how do you find do you find new music no, who, who is the legitimately who is like, I don't look for new music. I look for old music. I haven't heard yet. Right. Well, so what I was going to what I was going to ask, this is how I want to frame this question. I find new music is, when I go to shows. Who is the newest, like newest artist that you have found in like the last six months or say the last year? Dude, I have no idea. Probably Madison Cunningham. Because <laughs> I demoed her pedal. And that's how I found out about her is that her pedal, pedal said, was sent to me. And uh, to be honest, I was impressed. Like she has a really unique way yeah. of approaching guitar and guitar tone. Uh, she's got great songwriting. Um, other than that, like, like I said, like I... I don't spend any time looking for new musicians. Mm. I, I, the, the, the way that I like listen to music and browse music through Spotify, Pandora, etc., is by starting with old music and then branching mm, out right. to other old music that I haven't heard yet. I start with old music I have heard. And then I discover like, Oh, I've never heard this track from this band before. All right, so and then I go on this thing like, Oh, well who, you know, who else was around during this and blah, blah, blah. And who's I find an old who's music. An example that's of an old artist that you discovered recently. Oh my gosh, you're springing this on me and I haven't had time to think about it. You, you start, you tell me. Um, I would say like a new artist is, um, I'm, I'm back on maybe unintentionally, uh, well, hmm. <laughs> See, it's hard. It is, it is hard. It's a hard I, I would say Steve. like I've, I've been listening to off and on, I listen to a lot of pop. And so, uh, when someone comes out with a new album, Maybe it's an artist who's been around a while. Uh, for example, I'll throw this out there: if you're not if you're not Canadian, you probably thought Carly Rae Jepsen just like hung it up, like did her one hit wonder, "Call Me Maybe," and then just hung it up. She's actually put together like a pretty good, like solid dance pop career out of it. I am I am not familiar with the rest of her career, 
but I've been hearing clips on the TikToks of um, of her new song. Mm-hmm. What's it called? Like, what's the the hook to it? I forget. I don't know. Uh, I'm I coming was, back I, for you, baby. It's like, yeah, that little like clip that. of her seeing that. Like, there's a voice. Which is funny. Like, I, I like the sound of I like I should probably track down that song and listen to the whole damn thing because that's like my flavor of female vocal. I think like, her voice I like has, that sound. has grown on me a lot. That I, very I like say, powerful vocal fry sort of thing, like lots of personality. Like it sounds mm-hmm. great. I, I think her voice is great. I, I really Maybe like that's my new find. Maybe I'm gonna go listen to her tonight. I'm going to throw this out. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't remember how I got on this kick. This actually started like maybe four years ago. Um, and I don't know any other way to describe it. So I always describe it the same way. I listen to a lot of, of lesbian music. You know what? I think that's a genre of music I enjoy as well. Like for, and what I mean by that is like, we've talked about some of these artists you know, on the like show. They like what I like. Phoebe. Phoebe. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I was going to say Phoebe Bridgers. Jul- Feminism Jul- is what I like. Julian Baker. Uh, Bebaba Doobie. Girl in Red. Like a lot of these arts. How do I find them? I Honestly, like I find a lot of, I do find a lot of music on TikTok. Sure. A lot of it's annoying. Um, You know what? But my, a lot of it, it's yeah. like a lot of it, I, I go, well, I don't know what this is, but I want to, I do want to hear what the rest of the song is. Sometimes it's like ironic. Sometimes it's like, oh, this is really weird. What's the context of this? So I just want to know what the context is. And if I like the context, then maybe I'll listen to more stuff from that artist. Right, right. People out there are probably like, oh, like uh, Guitar Boy shouldn't be listening to pop music. There's good pop music out there. And there will, you know, if, if you listened to pop music, then you would get to have a voice in what becomes popular. If the musicians of the world spent more time listening to pop music, we would get a chance with our demographic to help steer how it sounds. Like the way that the, the this Carly Carly's voice sounds in mm-hmm. those clips, I'm like, that sounds like good music to me. Mm-hmm. I want to hear more of this voice. It's not just like a sterile pop voice. Like right. There's a lot of personality going on yeah. there. You know, yeah, she got Tom Hanks in a music video. Did she so. have Tom Hanks in her music video for like a few years ago? Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, but you said primarily she's a dancer. No, I'm saying like it's dance pop. Oh, it's dance pop. Okay. It's like kind of like gotcha. it's like kind of like a lot of like heavy club beat. Gotcha, gotcha. Kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I've been listening to like that, uh, but I, I kind of I I tend I do also go back and do like old music dives. I do like. Uh, like nostalgia dive. So I, I did, um, I did, uh, one the other day that was like some pop punk band from the early two thousands, but I just let it run on shuffle. Right. So it just, or on radio, I, I use YouTube music. So I was just running on radio mode. So it's just suggesting all of these other ones. And sometimes there's one that I like and I go, Oh, I really like this song. I'm going to listen to more from this artist. And other times skip. I went skip. I went on a thing Skip. for a while going back to Skip. what's an old artist you discovered music that's new to you from. And uh, when I sit and jam late at night watching Star Trek with the captions on while I jam along to new wave music, as I'm known to do, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. while using either the Boss Pocket GT or the Fender Micro Mustang. This this sounds like it's a very specific experience that I, exp- yeah. that I frequent in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I happened upon the song She's Got the Look by Roxette. Okay. And I was like, this song is very good. And I enjoy this song very much and I enjoy playing along to it very much. And then So I that, s- that's a song where, like, okay, we talked about TikTok earlier. Yeah. The only part of that song that I know is She's Got the Look. And right. I know nothing else. I have no context the for that song. The rest of the song is kind of goofy in, like, hmm. a very white rappy sort of way. Uh, but I, I love the hell out of it. Right. And so I went on a journey of like exploring a bunch of their other music and they don't have any other bangers like that. <laughs> <laughs> and that happens. I mean, they have, they have some good songs that I enjoy jamming along to, but none hit like that song. Yeah. There's also some artists like that, that I feel like I go back to, and it's like, I'm discovering new old music. Right. Like you say, um, there's so much out there is the thing. Like, you know, you could listen to old music all day, every day and never run out of it. I think like a lot of, a lot of white 
a lot of white people. <laughs> a lot of white. You're saying this as a half Asian American. Yes, I'm saying this as okay. a half Asian. Is this American. your? Is this the white half talking or the Asian? This half is the seat? white half talking. Okay. So you're talking to your fellow people. This is the suburban. This is the suburban. Uh, super suburban Steve. <laughs> super suburban Steve. Okay. Uh, all right. Here we go. I had like many others who had their super suburban moments. Had a had a joy division phase. All right. A lot of Joy Division. Okay. Which, of course, led me to start to like spend a solid week only listening to New Order. All right. Only to realize, like, oh, there's more than just Blue Monday. Right, right. (laughs) And that, and like that, there were a number of other New Order hits that I, I didn't even know were New Order songs. They just lived in like the gray space of this is the 80s. Right, totally. This is what the 80s sound like. Um, so you know that's an that's an old artist that is kind of new. You heard you heard songs that I did weren't this, I on did, a soundtrack. I did this with Pink Floyd like five years or like probably three years ago. Sure, I think. sure. Great band, getting framed, Steve. The best band. <laughs> wow. I need to bolt your chair to the floor. Is what I need I'm to just do. Rolling around. You just want keep wanting to es- escape the camera. <laughs> I'm like uh, Counting Crows. I've been rolling around. I'm thinking back to the times in my life when I did real. When you saw two, when you saw one set of footprints in the sand. Feet on the ground, discovering new music, discovering Mm -hmm. new favorite bands for myself. And the way that I did that is I went to lose records. Mm -hmm. I took a look in the bargain bin and I either picked something because it was a one hit wonder and I wanted to hear more or because I liked the album art and some of my most favorite bands, my most cherished bands I found that way because of the album art or because because they had a one hit wonder. wonder. And with the one hit wonder ones, the funny thing is after I start listening to them, their hit becomes my least favorite song. Yeah. Like almost every single time it's like, Oh man, you know, this this you know, track three is my song. Speaking, speaking of such types of bands, it really bums me out, in my opinion. This is my opinion, okay. having lived All right. through it. This is just Steve's opinion. Let's not think this is fact. That Fountains of Wayne was, I feel like they were a one-hit wonder twice. But no one seems to remember Sink to the Bottom, that that was a song. It's like they were. It's like they were two different bands. Yeah, yeah even though it was the same person writing all of the songs. Right, like... Oh man, another good one is um, Tripping Daisy. I don't know. I'm not super familiar with Tripping Trip, Daisy. Are Tripping they, Daisy. Are they Canadian? I think they're Canadian. Tripping Daisy was the band before they became the Polyphonic Spree. Oh. Same singer. I did not know that. Same singer songwriter. Uh, amazing catalog mm-hmm. of songs, amazing catalog of work. They had a couple radio hits that really weren't hits, they were like kind of minor hits on the radio. Man, I love listening to the entire Tripping Daisy disc- yeah. discography. Like it's it's that is good good stuff. And and Polyphonic Spree too. Mm-hmm. Incredible stuff. Polyphonic Spree got more of their moment in the sun than Tripping Daisy did, I think. I uh, I mean, I they think they probably it, had a song called Moment in the Sun. It too. probably depends on I think your age, but I think yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, and, you know, Tripping Daisy was on MTV and stuff, but it mm-hmm. didn't hit quite the same. I think Polyphonic Spree was so uh so such a novelty that once they got like that 15 seconds, people are like, they spent the first 15 seconds going, is this a cult or sorry? <laughs> was it 15? Is it 15? I, it's 15 seconds of fame now because of TikTok. Sure, sure. But you, you know, they had their first 15 minutes of fame and then they had a second 15 minutes of fame, which was just all of the people who caught their first 15 minutes of fame, spending another 15 minutes trying to figure out what the hell they just watched. Right. That was a really long yeah. setup. <laughs> you did it, Steve. And going back to Fountains of Wayne, mm-hmm. yeah, Sink to the Bottom, mm-hmm. excellent song. Mm-hmm. Amazing discography of work where if you listen to it, you really like get the sense of the, the these these musicians' like sense of humor and storytelling in their songwriting and the kind of tongue-in-cheek element that's there and a very quiet but self-aware kind of like... I'd say like just awareness of culture and Mm -hmm. awareness of, you know, human nature 
I guess. And then Stacy's mom comes out oh and God. it's just like, a uh, put this, uh, put the lyrics of this song on the cover of Maxim magazine kind of vibe. Right. And it's like, if you are familiar with the band, you hear the irony in it. You hear the story and you, you know where they're coming from with it, but it is such a poor representation mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. their body of work. And the fact that they have become the Stacy's mom band <laughs> It's sad. It is. It's a bummer. It's it's a big bummer to me because I think of them as something so much deeper than that. Yeah. Yeah. They were the Josie and the Pussycats band. Were they really? Adam Schlesinger was. uh, Did he write the music? He wrote a bunch of music for for like movies. I still haven't rewatched that movie. In my head, and I don't know if this is fact, it might just be a thing in my head that he wrote that thing you do. That could, I would believe it. Because, like I said, I know he worked on music for a bunch of movies. That has that. You know, it has his vibe on yeah. it, for sure. So, yeah, I don't know. Where where are we on this topic? Are we done I, with I, it? I don't know. I think we might be done. I would Let's just say, if you, if I'm going to just close with this. If you hear something, regardless of where, oh, you talked about going to shows. Yeah. I found complete genres of music, cinematic pop. I didn't know that that genre of music existed until I saw the opener for May uh, was this girl? Uh, I don't forget what her real name is, but her stage name is uh, Krigare, mm-hmm. um, and she does again. It's like they call she calls it cinematic pop. Apparently, that's a whole genre. Is it like in widescreen or something? Like it's basically like the music that you hear over end credits, where you're like, uh, I don't know what this. Where like every song sounds like a Bond theme. Like it's got well, that, I like that. It's got that like big epic sound. I want to hear some of this. And now. a lot of times, send me some links, um, Steve. Yeah, I'll send you some. I'll send you some stuff. Uh, but it's kind of like it's. It just sounds like end credits music, but like with vocals and stuff. <laughs> I want to hear this. Yeah, it's cool. So it's, it's like cool. you know, like your Arnold Schwarzenegger action movie ends credits roll, and it's like. Like orchestra swelling in and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but they do it like, you know, they do it all with synthesizers now. Right. Like that. But yeah, it's I want to hear like this. That. And there's vocals and stuff. So, like, is it like. All right, all right. Okay, let's, let's, get into, let's get into the other stuff. I could rabbit trail on that oh forever. My gosh. Let's do some. Uh, let's do sponsor spot. You want. I want to do all four sponsors back to back to back to back. Can we do that? Let's do it back to back to back to back, baby. All right. We're going to start with Big Ear Pedals. They're back in business. This is a pizza pedal. It's got a picture. This is a picture of pizza that looks so good that I thought it was a painting. That's how good it looks. It's a photorealistic pizza pedal, guys. Who cares what it sounds like? Who cares what it does? You know you want it. Tone Mob. Tone Mob. It is in collaboration with the Tone Mob podcast because Blake Wyland over there. Yes, I remembered his name. Without even having to try, because he's a good friend of ours, Steve. Uh, Blake Wyland at the Tone Mob Podcast asks all his guests what they like on his pizza. So what he do you like on your pizza, Ryan? Pepperoni and jalapeno. That is my default. Mm. I mean, if I can get other meat on there, great. But pepperoni, jalapeno, that is like the default minimum for me. Go check out Bigger Pedals. See what they have in stock. They're building stuff again. Uh, hopefully they'll be fully operational sometime soon. This pe- this episode is also brought to you by Chase Bliss Audio, makers of the blooper. You want to take the bloopers in your playing? You want to take the little mistakes and turn them into happy mistakes? Then get the blooper. This is the Bob Ross of pedals. This is the Bob Ross of pedals. It's got extra buttons down here. You know about the dip switches on Chase Bliss pedals up here, but did you know about the little buttons down here? This one's got them. It makes it look like a robot. Go watch some videos. It goes bloop, bloop. you'll love it you'll love it this episode is also brought to you by string joy string joy crafted in nashville tennessee and played on stages worldwide string joy strings are crafted one at a time by technicians in nashville who are also musicians who know how to run these machines and make strings and you can go to their website click the link down below go to their website and you can make a custom pack if you want. If you're an idiot like Ryan and you want all 42s for all four, six strings, then I guess you can do that. I don't know why you would. Freedom of choice, baby. Freedom of choice. Uh, Elon Musk approves. <laughs> Stringjoy.com. Weird sets are now legal at Stringjoy. <laughs> uh, last but not least, this episode is brought to y'all 
by yeah. Vibes High Fidelity Earplugs. It's out 15 decibels uh, noise reduction rating. It's super good. You use these at a concert. You use these at a show. Use these when you're practicing at home. You're going to be able to hear your guitar. You're going to be able to hear the concert clearly my without wife, blowing out your eardrums. My wife wears earplugs when the kids are loud. <laughs> Not to neglect them, but to just be like, I, the, honestly, I need to dial this back. And a honestly, bit. these are the perfect earplugs for that they because are. if you throw on foam earplugs, you're not going to be able to understand what your kid wants. If there's an emergency, gonna, you're not going to know. They're just going to scream louder. But with these, you're still going to be able to hear what yeah. they're saying. It's not going to muddy up your hearing. It's going to keep it clear. It's just going to make it quieter. Look how little these guys are. I use the little ones. I have little. I'm a big guy with little ear canals. If you can believe it. Oh, I believe it. If you. Don't use hearing protection, and you're watching this show. You probably can't even hear us right now. All you hear is a whoop, a, whoop, 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 yeah. Whoop, you hear that, whoop. and you hear a persistent ring sound. You should have used earplugs. And if you're going to use earplugs, might as well use a brand that's sponsoring the content that you know and love. Use the link down below to show them that you came from here. Same with all of these. Uh, our link for Stringjoy is an affiliate link, so use that. Uh, you just go tell all these brands that you appreciate that they sponsored the content that you enjoy watching every week, even if this is your first week. You know who else this episode's by, Ryan? Who? This episode's brought to you by our patrons. That's true, If you want to support this show, uh, you can head on over to patreon.com slash 60cyclehumcast, where for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the the production of this program. You get your name on the end credits. You could also support us at $20,000 a month, but if you're going to do that, I'd almost say wire it to us directly so that Patreon doesn't take that fee off the top. I would say if you're going to support us at twenty thousand dollars a, a month, fee? you should launder it through established titles. Oh my gosh! <laughs> no, uh, Patreon. I believe Patreon is a percentage. Yeah. So if you're going to do twenty thousand, maybe direct payments are more your yeah. style. Yeah. yeah. It definitely would be more our style. Not that we wouldn't love getting. The majority percentage of twenty thousand oh dollars. I'm still thinking about that twenty k. I know, I know. I'm still thinking about it. If it's real, I want it. Ryan, yeah. What's new? What is new, Steve? Is anything truly new under the sun? Do you have anything new? We haven't talked about it. We don't have to talk about it, but I do want to ask you this question: Have you watched Andor? I've been. I've been. I've slept through, I think, the first six episodes. There's a lot and now to I'm, sleep through. Now I'm getting to the part where it's picking up, and now I'm like, oh, now I'm paying attention to this. Like, the the first bunch of episodes, I had a lot of trouble, like, holding my attention. It's a lot of talk. It's a lot. It's pretty slow. It's, right. a, it's a slow starter. Well, and, and, you know, the thing that some people are saying, which I think is true, is that it's kind of like a spy insertion yeah movie it's very show where you're tinker sp- taylor soldier spy. yeah where you, there's a lot of setup yeah um but i will say i appreciate what they're trying to do i think what they're i think they're doing what they're doing very well i think it's the best of the star wars shows and it's probably a good setup for what's to come which is and or season two no i mean like as far as how hopefully how disney will treat Star Wars in a in a way where it is an opportunity to make some interesting, unique, right. new content versus trying to maintain the Skywalker. Yeah, one one of the line. one of the things this this one does really well when Rogue One also did it. So and Andor is tied to Rogue One. Um, is it, it does a really good job of Star Wars is a place, right? Versus all of the movies really Mandalorian to some extent is star Wars is a, is really just Skywalkers. You know what they, you know what, you know what they need to make? What? They're making all these prequels and kind of like deeper explorations Mm -hmm. of characters and places and times. The the far, the far future star Wars. Yeah. What they need is they need a cantina series. So Star Wars Cantina is a classic trope at this yeah, point. Yeah. Alien Cantina, all sorts of wild characters, dangerous characters coming through. Mm-hmm. Where everybody knows your name. I'm a, imagine a hybrid okay. of 
Cheers, mm-hmm. and Deep Space Nine, and then you mix in like some kind of like dangerous Mad Maxi sort of element sort of thing, okay. or like some sort of more adult story, like maybe like a Breaking Bad sort of episodic mm-hmm. sort of thing. Those three elements: Cheers, Deep Space Nine, Breaking Bad. Put them together, make a Star Wars cantina show where it's about the people running the cantina, the political dramas they're going through in the community, Mm -hmm. the space adventures they're going on or getting dragged into with various characters that visit and frequent the cantina. You're getting a constant stream of new aliens and new creatures and new, you're interacting it could be a Jedi one week. It could be a Sith the next week. It could be a, a stormtrooper who needs help because he, it's a, a human interest story. You know, there's a lot of opportunity there to tell a lot of stories, have a storyline throughout, but also have, you know, creature of the week sorts of right. episodes. Yeah. I would watch the crap out of that. And, and really, uh, you can have that one for free Disney. And not really the, money the entire series is just a constant question of whether or not, uh, Sam Juan, uh, Moon Hopper is going to hook up with uh, Diana Ken. Uh, Here, here's the here's the thing. It's not Star about lady. It's not about one cantina. It's a franchise, oh and you're God. you're following around the franchise, like the the owner of the franchise, mm-hmm. as he's going mm-hmm. like planet to planet throughout the galaxy like checking up on his businesses and having to deal with things going terribly wrong at various franchises. And now, like, that, now this is just because like sound like uh, every, no, here's the thing. Like every, okay. every different star Wars movie or show or property mm-hmm. has a cantina scene. Yep. It turns out that one guy owns them all. <laughs> it's a franchise. Like it's, it's, you know, it's, it's like a Chili's or a TGI Friday's, right. You know, right. <laughs> And he's having to sh- he's having to show up and bust skulls to get things running again each time. I think you're losing me. <laughs> you want to do another ad? Yeah. Uh, this, oh, you mean for our guitar podcast? Yeah, this was sent by <laughs> Hugh Schick. Uh, this is handmade custom artwork Epiphone Les Paul Junior P90 Special. This is a unique one-off Epiphone art guitar I made myself with a Dremel. The guitar itself is a standard Epiphone LP Junior with great P90 bar pickups. Frets are barely used. I replaced the stock tuner for Epiphone Vintage Tuner for the vibe. Action is pretty low for an easy play, but high enough to not have it buzzing. What are they asking for this? $300 for this guitar that's been mangled by a Dremel. I've lost my apps. <laughs> I forgot where it is. <laughs> I'll look at, oh yeah, that one, that Epiphone. Let me see. I can, there you are. Google Drive. This has a lot of like not original art on it, which I was not expecting. Well, y- sure. I mean, it's, you know, th- the person did a lot of art on it. Yeah. There's a heart. Is that supposed to be the in utero heart? Hold on, hold on. I need, I need to get to it. <laughs> I had I had comments on this art. Uh, okay. I like a lot of it. All right. I like the look of it. It's etched in with a Dremel. Mm-hmm. The the heart itself, actually, really well done. I like the consistency of the style throughout. The heart technically breaks my art rules for guitar because it's upside down. Because fully upside down. For the view, for the person watching the player, but for the player, it's a hundred percent right side up. So I'm going to give it a pass. Okay. <laughs> I like the squiggles. I like the dots. I like the lines. Not big on. I think that's a brain on the upper bout there. Yeah. Uh, maybe, I think maybe this it's is, a Metroid. Maybe it's a Metroid. I really like the look of this. And if this was a local artist, I'd be like, hey, maybe I'll send something to them. They seem competent and they seem like they can nail a look. Mm-hmm. Uh, the part that makes me feel a little bit iffy, and I tried to look some of it up, and I, I don't think I need to feel iffy about it, is that there's like there's like Viking runes on it. And that... Where? Oh, this one up here. Yeah, there's a couple there. Yeah. That, oh, I hate this. 
I'm a I'm a tall blonde blue eyed guy from a tall blonde blue eyed family. And it used to be a lot of fun to think about Viking stuff. And like, oh, yeah, we're kind of like a Viking family. Oh, yeah, like, look at our features. Oh, you know, like, here's some, like, romantic ideas about Vikings and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Man, these damn white supremacists ruined it. (laughs) They ruined it for the rest of us. Because now, now, like, Viking runes and stuff like that and Viking imagery, it's like, now we have to wonder, like, is this this a racist thing? Because a lot of white supremacists use you know, Viking runes now as their various symbols and whatnot. How uh, do you, okay. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. How do you feel about this big ass Radiohead logo on the back? Is that what that is? The, oh, the, the face thing, the face. It's like a mouse or a bear or something. How come, I've got so many pictures of the front. There's the back. I don't know. I'm fine with it. If they like Radiohead, they like Radiohead. I bet there's a lot of stuff on here that is references to stuff. It's got you know this the the compass star on there the compass yeah. rose. Uh, I don't know what this other character is. It looks like a demented Kermit the Frog. Which one? That one there. Yeah, I can't tell. At, I, first, at first, I was trying to figure out if it's the Sublime Sun and the V N Y L thing. I don't know. It's someone who likes vinyl. Now, I th- I think this is a really, I think this is a really cool style and really cool execution. Did you say how much they wanted for it? Three hundred dollars. And you know that's kind of stiff. For you know, for the guitar, it's actually been marked down. It was originally five hundred and fifty dollars. This isn't Dana Point. Why is this being such a pain in the ass? We could visit th- this person. We could visit this. this person. They are within driving. Yeah, distance. that's that's what an hour drive, hour and a half. Yeah, something like that. Depending on traffic, mm-hmm. they're upcharging for this because uh, Les Paul uh, Junior P ninety. What is that new? Like One thirty. So they're selling their the art. They're not selling the guitar. Yeah. But I wouldn't pay. Well, they're also selling these vintage style tuners. I wouldn't pay $300 for this. Mm-hmm. I would pay them $150. I would pay them a, I would pay them $200 for to, this to do art on a guitar of my choosing mm-hmm. in the similar style but then like clearing various like they'd have to send me a concept sketch first. Right. And we'd have to talk about what's going to go onto the guitar. But I like the style. I really do. This is an art, clearly an artist, Ryan. You don't get to your input on their vision. <laughs> no, that's not true. You commission a piece of art, you get to have a few requests. Uh, if you're going to be an asshole about it, then, you know, that's, excuse me, that sucks. I had a hiccup there. Um, but, you know, if you commission a piece of art, you get to define a few characteristics of it you know i if i'd want the heart to be facing the other direction i want i like the squiggles i'd want to leave out the runes i like the dots i want to leave out the brain you know things like that i like instead of the radiohead logo you want the sublime logo i I like the tooth instead of the vnyl i want 311 you know instead of vnyl you want nyxl you gotta rip those No, but I, I appreciate the style and I think it's well done. You what know? if you had this done, but it was just all guitar brands? And it's you know it's well done because it maintains style throughout. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the style itself is very hand done and rough, but it's an, it because it's consistent throughout. It comes across as very intentional and very well stylized. Yeah. You know if it was if the style drifted across the guitar, it'd be like ah this is pretty sketchy. But because it's consistent, it's it's very intentional, yeah. you know, yeah. and there's no part where it's like, oh man, the, the Dremel got away from them. It all, like, yeah, no, it looks really good. The execution is good. So that's my take on it. $300. You're buying the art and you're buying the guitar. It's not a case where you're just paying for the guitar. So that's my take on it. All right, let's hit this last ad. This was sent by Dr. David Santander, a single cutaway body with ultra fast neck and core tone pickups with a simple refined body shape the ibanez fr365 24 7 days a week i don't know electric guitar is a chameleon when it comes to musical genres the single cutaway body is made of mahogany and features a lightning fast wizard three neck with a rosewood fingerboard and 24 jumbo frets ibanez tone core core tone pickups bring more punch to the mid-range tones I love testing this guitar. I expected a telly-like guitar, but I was wrong. This is a rocker guitar with a lightning-fast neck. The body is extremely comfortable to play. 
Apparently it was refurbished. Uh, there yeah. was a ding on it. Uh, but I have a question, Steve. What's the question, Ryan? This is a guitar that this one. Uh, I have an ad in here that says uh, 2010. Mm-hmm. I don't know what year this specific one is. I think it said 2015. So I don't th- know why. these were made in the 2010 to 2015 range. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit before, maybe a little bit after. I don't know. You and I were talking heavily about guitars during that point. We started the podcast in 2014. How come this is the first time I've seen one of these? I don't know. Like, is this a rad-looking take on a Telecaster concept? That pickguard is wonderful. I really like this pickguard. Um, I The body is kind of like in the bad Tallman shape. In my opinion, but it's, a, it's somewhere it, between a Talman and a Telecaster. But I think because so the bad Talman shape to me is like when they were doing those wacky semi hollow. Sure, sure. Uh, that were like really cheap. The fact that this goes back to the being good a, Talman shape is the really bad Talman shape, where it's that long bottom horn. Oh, that's, I forgot about that's that. That's the one. good one. Um, this does come back to being because it's a flat top. I think it kind of looks a, like less corny than the uh, the, than the semi-hollow Tallmans. I like the single the single pickup humbucker configuration. And again, again, I you know that it looks like it needs some oil bar. on the fret bar fretboard. This looks like a super flat fast neck just from from the front of the from a photo of the front of the guitar. You can tell this the flat yeah. wide neck. I bet it's a ripper. This, I bet was, this guitar rips. It's classy as hell looking. This was listed uh, for three hundred dollars. The price is this killer. Is, that's I think that's a great price. Well, you found one on Reverb. The one I could only find one example on Reverb. Maybe I was searching the wrong model number or something like that. It's missing that awesome pickguard. It's missing the neck pickup. It looks like the the pick the bridge pickup has been swapped for an EMG. Uh, I don't think the original. No, the original had a, a gold covered probably PAF or something like that. And it's got a terrible looking relic on it where it's been stained dark around the knobs for some ungodly reason. And they want 500 for that. This one for 300 that looks super duper clean. Yeah, that looks awesome for 300. I don't know what these went for originally. I don't know if it was meant to be like a more budget Ibanez. Ibanez is one of those companies where like you can spend $300 on an Ibanez and get a guitar that plays excellent. This said the original, this says the original street price was $400. That's um, crazy that I didn't know about these. This is the, I would have probably bought one of these somewhere in between 2010 and 2015. If I'd seen one of these on the wallet guitar trader for $400, there's a chance I would have bought one of these. Here's another one on reverb right now for $550 plus shipping. I was in good shape. It's in, it's pretty cherry. Um, and, and uh, uh, yeah, I haven't held one of these, but it's based list, it's on, listed as mint and it does look minty. I bet these are great guitars. I bet these are a lot of fun for $500 or $300. Like this one, you could do a lot worse new these days. Yeah. I bet looks wise, at least like this is a classy looking guitar. And I think they also should, did a double I want to try one called that. That was the FR 320. That's not as interesting to me. <laughs> Because it's double humbucker? Yeah. Because it's all white? Look at how beefy this bridge is. That's a totally different bridge. I wonder if that's aftermath. Oh, yeah. Is that a newer one or an older one? That this almost is, makes me think a, it's like... This is like a... looks like an older one. That looks more like early 90s style on that build, you know? But even those are over $400, the FR320. And they have that super rounded Ibanez uh, neck heel contour. This has got to be a ripping guitar. And I know they're still doing this that this shape, but they have different mm-hmm, mm-hmm. visual appointments to it. They've tried they've taken the shape and they've given it hardware appointments of like an Ernie Ball base with that curved uh control plate and stuff like that and a different pick guard. Yeah. This incarnation of this uh, just uh it does things for me. So, anyways, tell us about the song, Steve. This song was sent by Vincent Draper in the Coles. It says, Hey there, thanks for considering our new tune. Hope you dig it. Here's the cheesy copy. Contact High romanticizes sweaty nights in dark clubs. It's about getting out and letting go, listening only to the rhythm and your bot on your own body it is the perfect soundtrack for the hottest summer nights. Windows down long after curfew, speakers maxed out, yeah. and your worries left far back 
in the dust and distant city lights. There we go. Which makes it the perfect song. This person knows how to set the scene. November 30th when it is uh, 43 degrees in Sun City, California. Well, this won't be airing on November 30th. That's so. true. It'll be even colder by the time. Yeah. See, 43 is warmer than Watch this being a cover of Long December. Oh, I hope so. think that song was so good that i drifted into some sort of like time dilation and Mm -hmm. i honestly couldn't tell you right now if that song was three minutes long or three thousand years long well it feels like time doesn't exist anymore and that song is infinite or finite infinitely and you know, I'm fine with it. I I very much enjoyed it. Did you it. take your bedtime medicine already? Not yet. 
high praise, high praise. <laughs> I really like it. Um, I usually do it between our two episodes, and I forgot re- this, this time. This reminded me a lot of No Knife, who is a, which is a band I really like. So uh, I think that's a compliment. I intend that as a compliment. If you hate No Knife, sorry. Mm. No, I liked it very much. Uh, yeah, it was really cool. No, I did. I did it at one point. I like. I came to again, mm. and it's like, how long have I been listening to this? I've just been sitting here vibing for a well, while. You listened to that song for four minutes and four seconds. It could have been four thousand years, Steve. No, like I felt, I locked into it, and I was just. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna have to see my facial expression when I edit this thing because I I did like disappear for a You're while. Just be like some drool. <laughs> Watch, I, I upload the card and I edit the footage and I'm like, wait, is this video 4,000 years long? Why is there 37 minutes of static? <laughs> nice contact, right? Is that Steve. my dad? <laughs> contact, contact, hi. There we go. We got some connections right, going right, on there. All right, yeah. all right. <laughs> okay, bye everyone. Stay grounded.